This is Culture and Conviction. Yes, yes, yes. I am Irene Petrie, along with my wife, Star Petrie, and we are so glad to have you guys on another episode of Culture and Convictions. Nice to be back. It is nice to be back. It's good to be back. It is very good to be back. We know what you're doing because you're doing the same thing we're doing. Uh, You are at home and you are on quarantine and uh, shelter in place or however you want to call it. Either way, you are at home doing what we're all doing and probably getting a little tired of doing it in the process. I would think just itching a little bit to say, can I just have a little bit of normalcy back? I just would like to take it back. Can I just take it uh, even by faith? I think I'm just going to go out and just jog because I want to yeah, people do what I want. I've seen more people out, haven't you? I've seen a lot more people out, but I think that yeah. that's just the natural ebb and flow. I mean, people are, are complicit and people for for what they understood about the virus said, OK, this might be important enough for me to go ahead and get to the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. But it's been 30, 35, 40. I mean, how many? How many days am I supposed 40. to do this? <laughs> We're looking <laughs> I mean, at 40 Five days, man. I mean, it's it's forty five days. Because I mean, we got the news. I think it was March. What was it like the second week of March? We got a, a email from from our son's school. Yeah, and they were like, "Yeah, we're not keep him home for the next couple of weeks." And I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, it's starting." Yeah. Next thing you know, <laughs> he's missing. If you're chilling, just <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just chilling. Now that is like, the one thing. The man. kids, I, I bet you, the kids everywhere are just like. They don't understand it all, but don't even care. We ain't even mad about it. We ain't even mad about it. We ain't even mad about it, man. And I'm telling your kids everywhere they're 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 trying to. Um, parents everywhere are struggling with some of the uh, homeschooling and getting uh, assignments and different things it. and juggling that along with work schedules and whatnot. But all in all, man, we've been at this for 45 days now, and I think uh, we're not doing anything. But I think we're starting to to see where, thankfully. There are glimmers of light at the end of the tunnel, but also on top of that, I think people are getting very antsy. I think it's uh, very much so. It, it's time very to make so. it's time, to, as they say, bust a move. But of course, doing it wisely, properly, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, uh, hopefully, in this year particular uh, podcast, and some of the things that we've seen, you know, I, I don't. I guess I just don't understand the the want to keep people at home. I, mm. I guess I don't understand the strong feelings that are conjured because someone says we want to go ahead and reopen the economy as though that is completely offensive (laughs) to, to mind, soul, spirit, and body. And, and, but the reality is that people actually work for a living. Yes, they They do. 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 (laughs) And so, yes, we do. (laughs) And so without being able to get up and go and, and, and conduct your business, you're not having, success making a living i mean i can't Mm -hmm. sit back and wait for a stimulus check and that be the only thing that i that i get and i'm like yay i got the stimulus yeah i mean that's that's gonna be short-lived especially for those who have children who have other you know responsibilities small business owners who are still trying to make payroll and and do all of the things that they have to do so this is a it's a really important time i think for people to think civically and think economically about what we're talking about instead of just emotionally. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to that thing that we've often talked about, um, that those two schools of thought sometimes when things happen, that people have the tendency to believe that there's a solution to certain things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate to break the news to you. You know, I love you. Uh, <laughs> I'm rooting for you. But the truth of the matter is there are, there's no such thing as solutions. There are only trade-offs, especially when it comes to the economy that we're, we're actually, we're trying to, we feel as though we can, okay, if everybody just stay at home and we just wait, I mean, and really wait, I mean, we do a great job at waiting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then wait till all of this passes over, then we can start moving forward. But frankly, you're going to run out of other people's money uh, <laughs> sooner than that. At some point, at some point, at some point at in some point. our country, the way we are structured, well, any country, it's not just the United States of America. Nobody can just sit at home. You know, there has to be production. Mm-hmm. There has to be, there has to be uh, buying and selling. 
there has to be the activity of the marketplace. And that regardless. is the greatest service that we can offer, truly. I mean, when you think about it. You're right. I mean, we, we, we spend a lot of time talking about benevolence in the sense of going out and buying pizzas or, or you know, helping someone cross the street with their, you know, an elderly person mm-hmm. across the street. And those are all wonderful things. But the greatest thing that we can do in service to one another is by me saying, well, you have something that I like. Yeah. And I have something that you want, as in yeah. my, my money. Yeah. And we exchange those goods and services. And you're win-win. able to build the life. <laughs> and, and I'm able to have, you know, and vice versa. It's a win-win. It's the greatest way. service that we could ever lend to humanity and to one another is to is, is that exchange. So yeah. I just, you know. But, you know, uh, you, you, you want to know the question that I'm burning to ask. And I've asked this question on social media, and I'm going to ask it again here on this podcast. Now that we are 45 days in the quarantine has toilet tissue proven that it is the secret weapon <laughs> against the spread of COVID-19. That's what I'm asking uh-huh. everybody has have, do we have is the proof in we've had 45 days of case study. We've had 45 days to put it to work. <laughs> Tell me people was the run on toilet paper. Was it the secret weapon? Did it work? What, what, what Help me. I don't know. Did, did, it, did it do what we thought it was going to do? I'm just hoping that when people come back to stores wanting to return all of those <laughs> packages of toilet paper and whatnot, that those stores say, nah, I ain't taking this stuff back. <laughs> somebody, Honestly. Some, somebody responded to me on social media when I posted my question, and they said, well, you know, maybe they're using it as mask. You know, it is two-ply. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> and I thought, you know, well, well quite possibly. Could but be. but if there is not a better case of panic buying and panic being the, 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 the catalyst for behavior, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know what it is. Because I, I just, I never could put my, my mind, I never could wrap my mind around why people were doing that and why they were so vehement about it and how that in many places even today 45 days in there are places where the where the uh the shelves are still bare and it's just uh it's a shock to me it's 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 amazing to see what's happened in such a in such a short time and then what we've done just as as a population to become very much sheeplings in in this whole just media crisis conjured environment because I really do believe that you know just turn off the TV because they don't know what they're talking about I mean from one day to the next it's it's oh my goodness it's going to be a hundred thousand and two hundred fifty thousand people are going to die the next thing you know it's down to sixty thousand I mean the models I mean was I the only one how does that happen oh (laughs) it's like it's very confusing I thought you guys really had this figured out I thought secular science how the models had really figured out something that they themselves now can tell the future is an amazing thing to me. For those models to be that off is it's like a uh I, I don't even know how to to describe uh kinda you know, and when it all started, when everything uh, let me just say this, when everything kicked off and all of this started happening and, and when none of us knew what was really going on, all we knew was, okay, we're gonna try to listen to what everybody's telling us because uh we don't know. So I think uh, everybody in America, they the experts had our ears, right? Right at the jump because at least we wanted to know, okay, what's really going on here? Is this uh is this really spreading naturally? Is this something done intentionally? Are we at war and the war is turned biological? Uh, what what's going on? So so everybody was willing to listen. And so they start running out these models and you start saying a hundred grand, 200,000, 250,000 people. I was like, what in the world? What's going now, on? at the moment of hearing it, though, still in the back of my mind, I was just like, mm, something just doesn't. It just didn't sit right with me. It just didn't like, you know, how something that dire would make you just go, whoa, what's going on? But I had the, I had a completely opposite response and it really was disbelief and I didn't want to come across that way because I want to be considerate of everybody else so I wasn't going to go out and be running willy-nilly I was going to shelter in place and do what every what everybody else was was attempting to do in consideration for for my fellow citizens but at the same time I was just like "Eh, something right and for for them to come back and Mm -hmm. these models be so drastically lower Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right now, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the power of God. And as as believers, praying everywhere, it mm-hmm. was it was it was amazing. But at the same time, I think to some degree, it was a miscalculation of the experts. They put out a lot of stuff, and they shot big and shot wrong. And what were they like? Thirty three percent off oh, or yeah. something like that. It was that? ridiculous. That it is, was just. It was mind boggling because think about it now. It's not the fact that the models were wrong as much as it was that we're taking drastic measures. Very drastic. We're moving heaven and earth Hmm. to completely upend the economy and the lives of millions of people on speculative information that obviously was so ridiculously wrong Hmm. that it makes you sit there and say, well, what were we doing all this for? Yeah. Now, granted, you and I have talked about this, just as you said, out of respect of, of my fellow citizens, if we believe that something is getting ready to be a pandemic, then obviously you tell me to shelter in place. Yeah. I, I'm going to abide by whatever laws or rules are set forth, mm-hmm. but make it make sense. It has because to make after sense, a while man. it started just being like, well, who's who's what tail are we pinning to what donkey today? Yeah. Because one day, no, seriously, <laughs> no, because one, right. one day right. it was like it was just elderly. It was yeah. just elderly. Next thing you know, there's reports that, that a child, a, an infant, a small infant had died from COVID. Yeah. Well, is that true or is, is that not true? Because you can't, yeah. I mean, honestly, we're not getting unadulterated truth as it pertains to the media no. and the reports that they have given us. They understand that they've given us a narrative that says this is a dire situation. Mm-hmm. So everything that they put forward now has to reflect that. If yeah. not, then well, what are we doing all this for? And it, and it came out, and one of the one of the narratives that really kind of exploded onto the scene was, like you said, it, the the most vulnerable part of the population were the elderly, mm-hmm. right? And then when you go back and you look at it, uh, and you realize that one of the whistleblowing doctors in China, right, one of the first people, you know, he passed away of the thing. And this man was thirty three years old, right? And so it's kind of like I don't know how that narrative flipped so quickly when you know one of your first victims high profile victims sure. that is to say this man was 33 years of age he's young in the prime of his life and he's also a physician mm-hmm. so you, you were it, it was just um it was just something to see a lot of the the like you say some of the, the information that that was thrown out there that was so hit and miss and then some of the guidelines that they were giving you to okay you wear a mask no you don't need to wear a mask that's what they said at the beginning mm-hmm. don't wear a mask don't wear you a don't mask. have to worry about a mask right then all of a sudden they flipped it and now you need to wear a mask definitely gotta if get you're a gonna mask. go out you gotta have a mask and then you're only wearing the mask so that it so, so that, that you, you don't transmit so that you don't transmit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you don't transmit it to the other person but sure. it doesn't stop the other person from transmitting it to you and, and and on the very basis of communication, because that's what we're talking about, right? Right. Communicable diseases, communication, right? Sending and receiving. So if something can stop me from giving it to someone else, right, wouldn't that then stop someone else from giving it to me? How is it closed at one end and open on the other? I just, you know what I'm saying? And those kinds of things just don't make sense. It, and, and, you know, the thing about it is that there just isn't enough honest conversation yeah. about the fact that they just don't know. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? I think I, I think in a want to to put forward this idea that science really has a way forward, a path forward. And it's ironclad. Correct. Yeah. That, you know, they know they by hypothesis, by by models, by all of this really technical stuff that you wouldn't understand because, you know, you yeah. are little people. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry about it. These models are <laughs> sacred. OK, just follow us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that the rest of us are all supposed to completely abdicate uh, common sense and assume that there's some type of superiority from Fauci or anybody else that stands before us and tries to tell us what they think from day to day. And every day it was starting to change. It was. And eventually you're just sort of like, so obviously you don't know. <laughs> so if you don't know, then I tell you what, let me go ahead and live my life, take the precautions that I believe sure. are, are duly fitted for me. Yeah. Right? If I don't feel good about going to the hairdresser, I'm not going to go. Yeah. If I don't feel about going good about going to the nail salon, guess what? I won't go. Yeah. But to completely shut down the the livelihood of so many people who who are small business owners, the lifeblood of the economy, the lifeblood of the middle class, tells you just how disconnected people are from reality to begin with. Yeah. I mean, really, it makes it's you true. say, guys, I'm all I I I'm 
appreciative of degrees. Degrees are wonderful. Mm-hmm. But there's something called common sense. Yes, there is. And there's also someone called the Holy Ghost. Okay? <laughs> so yeah. I'd much rather you stand before yeah. me and say, you know what? I was on my knees last night fasting and praying. And this is what God told me. <laughs> I'd rather, I, honestly, I'd rather run off on that. Yeah. If I know, if I know that you got some real serious conversation with the Lord yeah. versus you coming to me and saying, you know, this model here, I mean, I'm telling you, we got to, we got to flatten this curve. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I'm Yeah, not with But that. you know, that's the thing, man. Oh, that is so good. what you say though? Because that's the thing that I think has to be called into question is the absoluteness with which we are encouraged to take science. Yes. And scientists. Yes. And the experts, you know, and and we're supposed to sit back and we're supposed to kind of sit in Indian style at their feet and go, okay, whatever you say, whatever you, you know, whatever you propose, we're ready to go. When science is not perfect. No. Right. And science is not absolute in its Mm -hmm. study and it's ongoing. It's no different than in the medical profession. That's why the doctors are practicing medicine. Correct. You're practicing. Right. You know, you're not you're not at this place of absoluteness that, you know, beyond the shadow of all doubt, this, this, this and the other. The only things that are absolute are the things that are governed by laws, laws of nature. Right. right. And so we're sitting here and we and we've got science now front and center in our society. And we've got the smartest people, the top people, and they're coming out and telling us all these things. But yet they show the, the, the fallibility of it all. And, and so now here we are saying, okay, we, we respect science, but can we trust it completely? You know, and it's just an honest question. But That's where we at. But more than that too, is, is this idea that because we respect you as a doctor of certain sciences, oh, that goodness. that makes you an expert Help on us. everything. Gosh. So yes. it doesn't translate. Now it Fauci can know a whole lot about models, but that doesn't mean he knows anything about the economy. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's the economy, stupid. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it is, it's about the economy. Yeah. And, and Bill s- Gates can know a lot about DOS. That, that's correct. And a whole lot about computers. But that's it correct. doesn't mean his expertise and his brilliance transfers. It does not. Over into all of the complex inner workings of a nation and a national Th- economy. That's correct. I'm sorry. It Just doesn't. because you make billions don't mean you understand how the allocation of billions of dollars worth of goods and services is supposed to go. That's correct. And the best way for that to happen. So you can't sit around here and you can tell people to sit at home all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, it just won't work. But that's what happens with secularization, right? This idea that we so are beholden true. to science. Therefore, anybody who has a degree, no matter how they got that degree, no matter if they finished fifth or 555th in their class. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Seriously, yeah. people go to the doctor, yeah. sit down with one doctor, and if he tells them they have cancer, then by golly, they got cancer. And yeah. They don't ask that guy, you know, I want to see your credentials. Hold on. Where'd you go to school again? <laughs> now, wh- how did you, wh- when did you graduate? Were you magnum cum laude? Were you summa cum laude? Oh, you just, oh, Lord. Oh, 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 Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> did you barely there get you out go. of there? There you go. But that's what happens. But nobody knows, and nobody knows that. That's correct. And then people have a problem with faith. That thank you. But they live by it. Every thank day. you. Every day. <laughs> every day. You put yeah. your hands you you put your faith in the hands of people that you've never met, talked with. I mean, think about it. You've never spent any time with Dr. Fauci. Next no thing doubt. I knew, he was everywhere yeah. talking to everyone as the the seminal voice for what we need to do. Sure. Okay, I'm a little scared of that because I don't want to promote any man, any man, period, or woman mm. over what does God say about it? Yeah. And at the end of the day, we can open up that book and there's some common sense things that we can read through there that we can do right now, today, to, to make some things right. Yeah. Especially for our country. I mean, let's just be honest. Sure. This, this, to me, this entire, this entire chaotic scene has done nothing but really showcase just how much we have allowed the leadership of this nation to fall into the hands of absolute cowards and like just creeps. Honestly, Mm, I mean, you look around and we're surrounded by nincompoops (laughs) and you sit there and you're like, how did that happen? Why? What were we thinking? How did we vote these people in? There's been a lot of ugly, man. You're so right. There's been a lot of ugly things that have kind of cropped up in the midst of this whole thing. Uh, and leadership on all levels. I mean, leadership in in the areas of science, leadership at the state level, at the at the uh, 
you know, regional and local level. And just at it's, the county level. I mean, you know, just. It's, it's been, oh. it's been wild. It's been really wild. And uh, you've seen some of the most, as they say, draconian measures taken, restrictions placed on people just arbitrarily. And uh, I was really encouraged to hear, uh, you know, the attorney general come out and say, you know what? We're going to yeah. do something about this. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, it, it was a real encouraging thing to hear because uh, there was the overstepping of boundaries, the overstepping of authority, the, the misuse of power mm-hmm. in a lot of cases where they were telling I mean, pastors have been arrested and people have been. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just been really something but, to watch because you know it's why? shown us a lot. But you know why? Mm-hmm. Because people are 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 trying to be big when little has them. Mm. When people don't know what to do. They just go all into the ditch doing something that you're like, what? Why would you think that that was the direction you should have headed? I mean, surely you could have thought to just keep the, if I can just keep this in the middle of the road. There we go. I can at least get us a few paces down. You know what I mean? keep it in the road. And maybe we can get through this storm if I can just keep us in. But instead, I'm going to drive us into the ditch. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do because I'm the genius on board. I'm going to drive us into the ditch. And I think that's what you've seen by and large, especially, I mean, I'm just being honest, especially in these liberal bastions of thought, because they're supposed to be the really smart people, right? They're the ones, they're the gifted and talented ones. They are the anointed. Mm -hmm. And you look around at at how they're handling their state's business. And again, basic, I just want to give people basic civics lessons. And so that's what we're going to do today. A a, a basic civics lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Petrie classes in session. Yes. Because (laughs) one of the best ways that I know how is is Schoolhouse Rock. I don't understand. I think every governor, I think every governor, every public servant should have to go back and watch Schoolhouse Rock. That make it easy. You're talking about the schoolhouse rock of my childhood, your uh, childhood. Make it easy. You're talking about 90s, late 80s, make it early easy. 90s. Yeah. We Saturday go, morning. Go back to basics. Schoolhouse rock. Go back to basics. Really? Okay. Hey, do you know about the USA? Do you know about the government? Can you tell me about the Constitution? Hey, learn about the USA. Untold our founding fathers did agree to write a list of principles for keeping people free. The USA was just starting out a whole brand new country, and so our people spelled it out the things that we should be. And they put those principles down on paper and called it the Constitution. It's been helping us run our country ever since then. The first part of the Constitution is called the Preamble and tells what those founding fathers set out to do. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare and Secure the blessings of liberty To ourselves and our posterity Do ordain and establish this constitution For the United States of America Wow. Good stuff. (laughs) Good stuff. And you notice they didn't say... Only my wife. They didn't say... In 1787, when things, when people were really old and stodgy and stuck in their ways, no. or when those old slaveholding founding fathers got together, all racist and white, mm-hmm. I appreciate Schoolhouse Rock for just giving me the facts, just giving right? it to me, and not trying to, you know, muddy it all up with a whole bunch of mess that adds nothing, mm. nothing whatsoever to maintaining this union that we've been so blessed to receive. But I think, honestly, yeah. that this should be required for everyone. And then we should give them a quiz. Because, you know, back in the day, yeah. seriously, they like had a whole constitutional test and exam sure. that kids were taking. I'm talking about like fourth, like fourth grade level yeah. that broke down the Constitution. And I guarantee yeah. you that if we took it today, we'd be like, uh, can, oh, I, can I get Google? Because I'm, I'm a little lost. Yeah. We have to mm-hmm. return to this idea that what we have in the United States of America is sacred. It's not found everywhere. You can't just 
point somewhere on the globe and say, there it is. There's another yeah. America because it doesn't exist. Yeah. So you have an appreciation for the freedoms that people have bled and died for you to enjoy. Why would crisis make us somewhat, I don't know, just willing to give it all i'm up. telling you and yeah. just to become kind of well, well you know i mean i understand because i mean we're just trying to keep people safe i mean stay home for your loved one no people got work to do yeah now here's my point here in my part in what you're saying because I, I i totally agree with what you're saying this is not to dissuade people from your particular conviction about the severity of covid19 Lives have been lost. Family members have died. People have gone through some really tough times. Uh, however, according to the CDC, in 2017 through 2018, 61,000 people died from the flu. 61,000 people. The CDC projects that flu deaths will range between 24,000 and 63,000 this year, hospitalizations could go as high as 730,000 people. Now, this is just for perspective. This is not to, like I said, this is not to undermine your convictions about what you should do, but it is to provide perspective. Perspective for what? Perspective for the fact that, according to that, we are living around what is the equivalent of a national pandemic, if you would. Sure. Over the last couple of years, just with the flu alone. Right. You got 61,000 people dead. You got a projection of 730,000 hospitalization, 24 to 63,000 this, this year. Now, my thing is, we haven't shut a single school down. Mm-mm. We haven't shut down anybody's businesses. Mm -mm. People serving food with the flu. People, people are. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a scary thought, but it's we'll, a scary, we'll continue. It's, but it's reality. That is true. Okay. People coming to work with fevers because they feel like they got to get it in. I remember my own son, my own son was sent home from school because he had a slight fever and they sent him home. Right. But now if he had stayed home just for 45 days, let's say. <laughs> and I decided, you know what, kid? <laughs> I don't want to. I'm going to shut it down. And I'm going to shut it. He would not be passing the second grade. True. Right? True. There would be some problems. There would be some issues. Because there is a quota for his attendance. Yeah, nine days a semester, for the, brother. For the, for the school year. <laughs> and so there's going to be some problems. But now, all of a sudden, with a few select voices. Yeah and a connection to a foreign country that is not a small thing, is not a small thing whatsoever. Now we get all of these, we, we start getting these numbers and we get these models that first of all project these huge, huge numbers. But then we come back down to reality after a while when we recognize that the American people are starting to all kind of scratch their chin over these numbers and looking at this stuff and listening to these. One of the, one of the greatest things, and I'm going to say this, one of the greatest things in this, I don't care what anybody says, I don't care what you think, one of the greatest things for the American population that happened during all of this were daily briefings mm -hmm. because it kept putting everything in front of everybody every day. The media, <laughs> the president, what the task force was doing, what the scientists were saying, it kept things in front of everybody so that we could sit there and we could go, wait a minute. Now that is not what they said the last time, or wait a minute. That's what, that's what that, that, uh, station said one day. And that's not what they would, you know, that's the media said this. And then they said that. And so you could see it for yourself. Sure. Right. And so my thing is, why are we losing perspective, right? We are living in a nation. I forget how many numbers of people die on our highways every year from drunk drivers and from car accidents that may not even be involving alcohol. Maybe mm -hmm. they're involving texting or just distracted driving, period, mm -hmm. right? But nobody, nobody is sitting there saying we got to shut down the highways because you know what, guys? Too many. One life is too much. One life right? is too we've much. We've heard that a lot too. We, we, yeah, and we and, and we kind of and like I say, this is not to be callous or inconsiderate of the loss of a life. God knows I love life and everything about it, and I love yours 
if you're listening. However, in the interest of perspective, you get up every day, put your clothes on and go off to work in the midst of absolute uh, just death all around you. Every day. Oh, and the potentiality, obviously. And the potentiality of every single day of your life. Sure. But what do we know? We know we have to get up anyway. And we know we have to trudge forward. We mm-hmm. have to keep going. We have to move anyway. So many things are going. We have to get out on those highways and we have to drive where we're going. We have to go eat in, the, we go eat in those restaurants. We go buy the food. We go share space with people all over the place. We're doing this all the time. And now... What I want us to do is not lose that perspective, right? We not lose that perspective with the flu raging. Did it stop anybody's Christmas parties? No, no. Did it stop people from getting married? Did it stop people from having their children and being able in, in hospitals and being able to invite their families because it was a celebratory event? People had to take responsibility for themselves and say, look, if you've got the flu, don't come. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. Right. right. But people, we have common sense. Right. Right. We'll do that. And so in the midst of all of this uh, pandemic and all of this stuff, I just don't want us to lose perspective because so much perspective, I believe, has been lost. And it's why we've become so willing Mm -hmm. to kind of just turn over these these blessed liberties we have and to actually turn over the greatest economy in the world. And bring it to a screeching halt as though that will not have repercussions and consequences itself Mm -hmm. that could be more long lasting and even more detrimental than the virus. And see, that's what people don't understand. Money matters, right? The economy matters. It's not someone picking greed and money over lives, I like when people try to try to make that and guilt people into into ignorant things. No, Planned Parenthood is open every day, killing babies for money. So I don't even want to go there with anybody. That's just a stupid, stupid. Exactly. We we are doing things in our culture on a daily basis, just like you said, that are absolutely crazy. And so we try to bring this guilt trip in, but at the end of the day, it's politics. It's people that have been that have had their minds co-opted by political correctness Mm. and by all of this social justice. And so people aren't thinking in perspective. And, And that's why I say, look, you can sit at home if you want to. Quarantine is for the sick. So if you're sick, you feel like you are vulnerable. You feel like that you are in a demographic that is that that is a high risk. Yeah. A high risk person. Or if you have the symptoms and whatnot, then yes, please quarantine, please. But for the rest of the nation, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to break the news to you, but we got to go. And there is no, there is no other answer. But this is what, this is what a progressive politics gets you. Yeah. Because the idea is to always push people to the nanny state. Right. And what we're, what you're talking about is personal responsibility which says I, sure. have, I have to look at the risks. Yes. I have to manage risk as much as I can because I know when yes. I step outside my house, and shoot, even when I'm in my house, there are risks that are assumed. When I turn on the stove, if I'm not paying attention, could I get burned? Absolutely. Yeah. So there, there's risk all around, but I take those risks into consideration. And you do this every day. And I do it every day. Every day of your life. And I make the best choices that I can. This works when we have a moral underpinning that says I care about my neighbor as well. So then I don't go out of my way to do harm to you and you don't go out of your way to do harm to me. That's why sure. we can all get on the highway sure. and feel mm, not just completely at ease, but I feel like nobody's just going to run up on me and just hit sure. me on purpose because yeah. they don't want to be impacted you know, by their sure. insurance and everything else. Right. Yeah. So there's we, we have a mutual benefit here if we can both stay in our stay in our lanes and get to our destination. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think it's no different in this situation. But just as you said, it, it is the economy, but it's also this idea that. In this, let the lesson be learned that people are who we thought they were, Mm. that these governors who have taken these mayors who have taken very, very hard stances um, based on a preponderance of evidence that is, I mean, geez, I mean, you have to give me something better than that, Mm -hmm. have, have moved people 
into this I this place of panic and fear and stress and being overwhelmed and not and, and we've talked about this not considering the fact that everybody doesn't go home to a home that's full of peace yeah, and love that's right and care there are kids who are now stuck with their abusers and yeah. have been in that house with no outlet with no place to go yeah for days oh yeah and we hear these people get on TV and just you know well I mean we just we got to save one life it's like no you just you don't under you don't understand mm-hmm. and you can't understand everybody's human experience and that's the problem here because liberalism always believes in this one size fits all yeah right that's the same idea with Bill Gates and it's oh, we got to have a vaccine I mean it's, we got to have a vaccine and it's probably gonna have to be a, a worldwide vaccine well <laughs> well why does that vaccine make sense to him because it's gonna be billions of dollars for the pharmaceutical company oh yeah. I mean, oh, heck, yeah. even if we make it cheap, I mean, even if we sell it to you for 50 cents, we got a billion plus oh, gosh, people yes. who need to be served. Uh, we're going to be bankrolling for a minute. We're oh, good. no doubt about it. But this idea, like, get back to my point, this idea of homogeneity, right, that we're all the same, mm. and you can treat us all the same, is just simply not true. It's not. And that's why when you come down with draconian laws, like, well, I want you to shelter in place and uh, I, I, you're not going to be able to garden. I don't want you to... I don't want you to get together in, in your houses of worship if it's if it's 10 or more people. In fact, I don't even want you sitting out in your cars in the parking lot with your windows up. Jeez. Come on, guys. Jeez. Come on, guys. This is America. Well, I mean, To me, we should all be storming the gates on that one. Like, I'm not yeah. even a, you know, I don't live in the state of Mississippi, but I'm ready to go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go walk. <laughs> let's go march. Cause that's, this yeah. stuff is unconstitutional. Makes no sense whatsoever. On its face. Makes no sense whatsoever. And, and you know, it, it goes against the natural disposition of human beings that we're created for relationship. We're created to, to be able to connect and to move about. And when you take those things away from people, um, you leave people, some people, not everybody, but you leave some people to their darker side. Yes, you do. You know, because at the end of the day, sometimes it's that commerce and that, that going and connecting and relationships that keeps them preoccupied Mm -hmm. away from some of the darker areas of their own lives. You know, I find it interesting uh, one of the things, one of the forms of punishment in the prison system, in a penal system, is that if a prisoner is unruly, he is put on administrative segregation. Mm-hmm. And it is a form of uh, punishment. Why? Because that separation has a psychological impact. Right. It just does. It has an impact upon the psychosis. It has an impact upon a person's mind and state of mind. If you leave a person in isolation, one of the things that they used to do, a lot of our uh, when a lot of our soldiers were captured as prisoners of war, well, they didn't just leave them all together. They would separate them. And it's in that separation where people aren't able to draw strength from connection mm-hmm. to one another. Mm-hmm. It's not good that man should be alone is not a suggestion. That's right. You know, God wasn't suggesting that. That's right. And so in the process of all of this, these are things, like I said, that people do not take into account. They don't. Uh, they're distracted by their genius in an area <laughs> like, you know, like your vaccine's going to do the thing and it's not going to even do the thing because it doesn't take into account as you were talking about the individuality or in this case, the bio individuality of human beings that everybody's not the same biologically. We're not. We are, but we're not. Right. There, there are small little caveats in all of our biologies and you may, you know, get this cookie cutter vaccine and you put it out there and you're shooting people with it and somebody does well and other people die. Or other people lose their mind. Or other people develop some god-awful tick or problem neurologically. Right. And this this stuff happens. This is real. You know, it's no different than the whole the whole argument about autism and vaccines for kids. Yes. And people, if if you got questions about it or concerns about it, people want to brush you off as being anti-vax and you're an anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. No, nobody's anti-anything. People are just saying, look, folks. You're living in a world of complex individuality. Mm-hmm. It, every, no, no, not everybody's cooker, cookie cutter. And complex transmission now. Yes. Because you're talking about stuff being shipped from China into the United States and vice versa. I mean, stuff is getting touched by all kinds of people before it no gets to your door. You have no clue. It. No doubt no about clue. it. And everybody's responding and taking to things differently. And so there needs to be, uh, there needs to be a, a greater awareness of that. Mm-hmm. But of course... There's no room for all of that when you're ready to roll it out and make some money. And so at the end of the day, we have to do the due diligence as the citizens to say, nope, hold up. Wait a minute. You're not going to just fit everybody like this. 
No, we're going to we're going to think for ourselves. We're going to think to ourselves. We're going to make our own decisions. And that's what this nation is built upon. This this idea of protecting liberty. That's what those founding documents are all about. And then and also it, go ahead. I'm sorry. And no, I'm just saying that that's what they're all about. And it's about protecting the rights of individuals to be able to make their own decisions and choices. We are a self-governing society. That's what we are. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing about it is we we started off this year talking about division. And I think it still rings true that that one of the problems that we have in this country is that we're so busy doing all this infighting that we we fail to see the, the real threats that are all that are that are inside and outside and that are cooperatively working together to to form a narrative. For yeah. instance, for mm-hmm. instance, what we heard with with President Trump was that he, he was a xenophobe. That when he cut off, you know, the flights from China, that, oh my gosh, he just, he just, he just, and I mean, and it was everywhere. It was everywhere, yeah. and people wanted to really hammer home that this orange man is just going around hating everybody and being being unduly mean and 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 racist and bigoted. Okay, yeah. but yet China is over there pulling, you know, making sure that anybody that's black, anybody yeah. who's black stays quarantined in their home, cannot get out, cannot come out for anything. For nothing. Not food, not water, not anything. Not anything. Right? And then basically saying, get out of town. Yeah. Hurting them. Hurt, hurting when black I, people. When I do see, get out of town. Yes. Hurting black people, like literally hurting them. No. I mean, where is CNN? Yeah. Where is MSNBC? Yeah. Where's the Washington Post, the LA Times? Where are you? Yeah. Because you were real quick to shoot down your own man. And what I mean by that is he's still the president of the United States. And that's what's funny, too, because the argument was when 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 President Obama was in office was, well, he's the president and you need to respect that. (laughs) Yeah. The office. Right. You need to respect the office. Even if you don't like the man, you respect the man. That's funny how that goes. And then we get here and it's like. It's just no holds barred. I mean, anybody can say anything they want about Donald Trump. <laughs> they can they can dog him out. They can they can create an entire narrative that is f- completely false. Yeah. Completely false on its face. And that's just supposed to be okay. So through this entire time, the question that I have for people is, would you have truly wanted Joe Biden to be the person <laughs> At the helm during something <laughs> like this is that is that would that have been your choice? Oh goodness, I don't even want to. I don't even want to tackle that question. I don't even want to talk about that. I mean, I'm, I'm just making an observation just, that I mean, really, if the best that you no can good, offer man. me is Joe Biden, and you want to make the case that Joe Biden would have had a better response to this whole COVID nineteen outbreak, you've got to be well kidding. Right? Uh, I mean, and you can make that case really. There's there's tons of evidence you can make that case with, but you can make that case off of one thing because it's he was the one that came out and uh, said that it was xenophobic for the president to put a halt to travel Correct. Uh, from China. But when you look at this in hindsight, in my humble opinion, that is probably the single greatest action taken against the spread of this COVID-19 virus of anything that we've done. Sure. Uh, and that's alongside social distancing and all of that. It was to actually act very quickly mm-hmm. in relation to the time the information was was actually put out because, uh, you know, everybody wants to talk about, oh, he didn't act fast enough and so forth and so on. But we but there's there's ample roll evidence it, roll it. <laughs> that not only I mean, the very doctor that everybody is listening to, Dr. Fauci, was even saying that this is nothing that America it. should be, be sure thinking about or worrying about. That's what he said. I mean, he him along with several, several me- members of the media were all just like, oh, it's no big deal. It's not something we should be thinking about right now. But yet he made this decision. And when he made that decision, he made it uh, at the risk of being called a whole lot of names. But it was probably the single greatest uh, uh, act, really act to take uh, point of action, because you, you can sit there and talk about social distancing and all of those different things. But if you don't stop the income of it, right, mm. if you don't stop the travel, if you don't stop that transmission, uh then it doesn't matter about your social distancing because this thing is traveling when you can't see it. You Thank don't know you. it. It's it's all over the place and you, you, you don't even know. And to know that, first of all, the Chinese uh, government lied about it, covered it up for a long period of time. I mean, there's evidence now, strong evidence that this thing was was uh, actually discovered at the end of November. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of November. People were already contracted it and people were, were dying. Uh, 
And so definitely by December. So you've had this thing and, and still in the process of knowing all of that, they allowed five million people to leave Wuhan and fly to the four flung corners of the world. Sure. <laughs> and just just flying like like human uh, missiles, yeah. if you would. And now we, we're all citizens of the world. So I hope everybody yeah. likes how that worked out. Yeah. And I'm every, just saying. Yeah. And, and, and everybody's <laughs> sitting up here and they want to be so, so open and, and, and all of this. And now look at what we have. And so it was one of the single greatest acts taken in this whole thing was to stop the inflow of travel from China, then from Europe, and to take those measures no matter what people thought about it. Mm -hmm. And I still think, uh, honestly, that was one of the bravest things and one of the greatest things that has been done for this whole situation. Now, we're here 45 days into all of this, and now one of the biggest decisions ever has to be made, which is to to, uh, actually reopen the United States of America economically. And it's also one of those statements, it's also one of those choices that it just has to be done. And uh, incrementally, however, they they roll it out, they talk it over and whatever, but it's something that has to be done. And we have to, as a nation of people, gain or regain our perspective and recognize why we have to open and get going because we can't sit here. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I just would hope that that there are people, especially in those states like New York and, and Michigan, um, New Jersey, you know, that, that people would really start looking very closely at what we have allowed poor, poor leaders and poor managers to do to your cities Jeez. and to, to, to your counties, because it really, you know, when you think about it and I can go down the list, but you know, things that were as, as asinine as you can't be out there mowing your lawn in Michigan, you can't go boating <laughs> in Michigan. Um, you can't go out and, and buy anything, any type of gardening supply. That means no. seeds, soils, plants, anything. Why? But you could go out and buy liquor and lottery tickets. Wow. So, I mean, it's just kind of like who sat back and said, this is good policy. This is really good policy. <laughs> and then in New Jersey, they said, hey, these social distancing guidelines pertain even to the church, right? You don't have a freedom of assembly. You don't oh, have yeah. a freedom of freedom to Peaceable worship. Assembly. Yeah, you can't yeah, do any of that. that. No. None of that. And then in New Jersey, they said, you know what we're going to do? Because China has been such a friend to us. We're going to go a step further. We're going to, this is Elizabethtown, New Jersey. They said, the mayor said, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get a Chinese firm to provide me some drones so that I can spy on the citizens of Elizabethtown. And if I catch you not practicing those social distancing uh, um, And this rules, is real, folks. This is very real. This is real. This then, isn't make-believe stuff. This then, is what our American land of the free, home of the brave correct. leaders are doing. This is smile. You're on candid camera. <laughs> and now you can be fined up to $1,000 because what did you do? You saw someone drop something and you said, oh, I'm going to help you with that. Uh-uh. Hmm. And then, not to mention, here's the thing. This drone has a siren, and it says, warning, stop gathering, disperse, and go home. What are, <laughs> what are we talking about? I mean, we're living in a movie. What, what is going on? We're living in a Seriously, movie. Seriously, these are the people that we've elected because they think this is a great idea. Not only that, but the, the firm that he's gone with, this D, DJI, this Chinese firm, has already been reported to have done some underhanded surveillance stuff, okay? So we're saying, come on back. Yeah, because now in this time of crisis, we really need you. But 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 here I I love and I say love. You know, we take that with a grain of salt because I really don't love it. But but I, but I love what he says here when he says uh, he dismisses his critics by saying, "If the drones save one life, it is clearly worth the activity and the information the drones are sending." <laughs> one life. That's it, man. I love so that. so now so now we're 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 so. We, I mean, we're so the defenders of life, mm-hmm. right? We're so the defenders of life right now. We, if we can just, if we can save just one life, right, then, then all of these actions and all of this and the drones, it'll be worth it all. Not to mention whatever uh, they're probably paying him to enact all this stuff anyway. I'm just yeah. being honest. But my thing is, you know, we're sitting here and we're talking about the value of one life. And yet... That same logic does not Ever. show its face in Ever. the discussion around the aborting of innocent children. 
And if you think about it, just a few years ago, really, it didn't apply to any elderly elderly either. Oh, no. So, no. I mean, what is going on? I, I can't keep up. Honestly, yeah. I can't keep up. One day it's, you know, we care. We love them. Yeah. One life. And then the next day it's like kill One all the babies. One day a life is a life. The next day a life really, really isn't a life. And Confusing. Just as long as it's not my life. Can't, <laughs> I, I, the I, I day. can't keep up. Yeah. And so then in Virginia, um, Governor Ralph Northam, oh of course, the same public-private, bless his heart. you know, He's, gathering restrictions. He just can't were in seem place. to get away from the news. He can't. He? he can't. But think about this: it's a misdemeanor offense that was punishable with up to one year in jail and up to a twenty-five hundred dollar fine. Now people are out of work, can't work because you've told them they can't do it, and now you're saying, "But if I catch you violating this provision right here, with more than ten people, come on now." I want my 2500 because we need that money. Yeah. They're using this. They're not letting this crisis go to waste. They're using this crisis never, never. to do what they could not do. And perhaps it turned into a boon. For there them. you go. That's just all there is there to it. There you go. Mississippi, we're all, you know, most of us are familiar with this, yeah. at least in Christian circles. You know that that uh, I think it was Temple Baptist Church there in Mississippi. Yeah. The the uh, congregants got together in their cars with their windows up, listening to the broadcast. And they didn't pastor. even break anything. No, they're sitting in their parking lot. They're sitting the in church, their parking lot the in their parking cars. Lot. In their cars. Didn't get out. Nobody's, you know, hey, did, that was a good word from pastor, wasn't it? Nobody's exchanging any <laughs> of that. People are just sitting in their cars listening. And eight police officers show up and start handing out tickets randomly for f- at the at the tune of five hundred dollars. Mm. Really, man. I mean, really. And and actually, the the mayor, the Greenville mayor, Eric uh, Simmons, basically said, "Well, you know, I mean, that's that, that was the law. That's what we going. Yeah. That's what we going to do." But now he's getting sued. So welcome, welcome to America, brother. Yeah. Uh, New York City, and I, I actually want to play this audio. Oh, I, oh if I man. can get to it. Is this de Blasio? Yes. <laughs> because you just can't make this kind of stuff up. You can't. And this is the thing I want people to realize. What we're telling you, if you haven't heard it already, if you haven't been following these stories, this is real. This isn't make-believe. Mm-mm. This isn't hyperbole. We are reading to you absolute, documented <laughs> truth. This is what is going on from our leaders all over the nation. And let me tell you, it has taken every fiber of our beings to figure out how to do this because we're warm, emotional people. We're used to being close to each other. We're used to being packed in the subway cars and we've had to do the exact opposite and figure out how to keep distance. It's not natural for us. It's not normal for us, but you've done it. You've done an amazing job. Now look, thank you everyone who's done it the right way, but we still know there's some people who need to get the message. And that means sometimes making sure the enforcement is there to educate people and make clear we got to have social distancing. So now it is easier than ever when you see a crowd, when you see a line that's not distanced, when you see a supermarket that's too crowded, anything, you can report it right away so we can get help there to fix the problem. And now it's as simple as taking a photo. All you got to do is take the photo and put the location with it and bang, send a photo like this, and we will make sure that enforcement comes right away. Text the photo to 311-692, and action will ensue. Enforcement will come to get the help we need, or you can use... Say what? Oh, my. So, so now we're living in a, in a police state. Yeah. Now, now, if you see five of us on the block, then you can swear up and down. I saw seven at one time. I don't know where they all ran to. Yeah. Or no, there were definitely 15 here. I, I, I tell you, there were 15. Look, look, look. You can count them on my camera. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Yeah. What? Why is that even necessary? Why is that necessary? I mean, especially in a place like New York City, which in New York period, New York State period, which has become an epicenter of this entire thing. Do you think that people have less regard for their life? Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, people regard their lives so little that they're yeah. like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out and get 15 of my closest friends who also disregard their lives so little. Yeah. And we're going to get together and we're just going we're gonna, to we're gonna transmit there as are, much as we can. Now, there are a few. There are a few. There, there are some. Yeah, but our, my question is, can they get 15, 20 people no. to get together and, and it, do it with them? When it, when it, comes, <laughs> to the, when it comes to the young and some of them can be irresponsible and do some things. But the thing is this. <laughs> the whole point is, it's an overstepping of your authority 
and it's a it's it's a waste of uh, government resources and of enforcement to do these kinds of crazy things. It really is. It's it's not the perfect recipe for rebellion, for a coup, for any type of uprising. Mm-hmm. Is to close the vice grip. Yeah. And make it tighter. Bad laws. (laughs) Bad enforcement. Right. It's no different than somebody putting uh, a a speed limit that says 45 miles an hour and you're on an interstate highway. Hmm. Now, what are you going to do? I'm going to go 75 like a ball. (laughs) I'm just telling you what I'm going to do. I don't know what the rest of y'all are going to do. I got my radar detected. Oh, my goodness. But what I'm saying, (laughs) what I'm saying is, though, it's a bad law. Right. And people make bad laws, and when you make bad laws and you try to enforce bad laws, you're going to create rebellion. No, because people do have common sense. Yes, people are living in the world every day. People do take a certain amount of responsibility for their own lives, sure. even if they're even if they're young and impressionable and just want to, you know, just like some of the the kids that were running to the beaches early on and just doing all this different stuff. But even in that, those kids at those beaches, some of them caught. The COVID-19. Mm-hmm. But you know you haven't heard a real big story about it. Because they're all probably well and recovering and doing it, what they're doing. Be, yeah. And because of the simple fact, they, they wanted to put it out there to make it look like you see what rebellion gets you. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't enough to really stick it. You know, <laughs> there wasn't enough to really stick it to us with it. So the the thing is, is that these these powers that be, it cannot be lost on us, have seen this crisis as an opportunity to get away with doing things that they would not normally be able to do. And they were, and they're able to always fall back on one life. If we can save a life and they're able to fall back on that uh, when they, you know, institute these things to really be draconian and really to try and, and, and gin money up and get money and have, you know, it's why all these fines are flying off everywhere from $500 (laughs) to $2,500. And they're sticking all these fines to people and that and it's it's really it's a sad state of affairs it's a sad commentary on human nature but the truth of the matter is there are those that see crisis as an opportunity and unfortunately some of those that see it that way are in positions of power and hopefully moving forth from this Get these people will be voted out. Get them out of there. And you would hope people will will desire better for themselves. Yeah, and let's let, let's stop trying to find these slick slick talking folks that have had years of political, you know, life. And let's start just looking for people with just basic common sense and common decency yes. that can actually look at a situation and and weigh right and wrong and 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 make a choice, a decision based on a value yeah. and not on just a a want to preserve their political life. Yeah. Because that's what we have now is just people oh, yeah. who are, no doubt. I'll, I'll do anything long as I can keep another four years, another six and years, I, another whatever. And I don't want some lifelong politician anyway, because that person has become jaded. No doubt. They're disconnected from reality of how people are living every day. They're yeah. stuck in an office. They're in, they're in, so to speak, they're on Mount Olympus. Uh, trying to work out how to get either reelected or <laughs> elected or, and that's their own problems. But when you get someone who's actually lived among us and can take that common sense experience into leadership, mm-hmm. that's when it's the best. I think that's one of the things where people, people don't like everything he says, everything the president tweets, everything, his demeanor, his, his, uh, his particular, you know, temperament and all of that kind of thing but at the end of the day yeah. what you have in the office that's different than anything we've ever seen before maybe aside from ronald reagan was somewhat like that as well because he was just a kind of a he was a hollywood guy but then at the same time he, he had a more of a down-to-earth approach about him but here's a man that comes out of the world of real estate he's a mogul he's made billions of dollars and all of that but the man's had to build buildings he's had to deal with contractors he's had to put his hands on everyday people and people don't see that because they think every billionaire in some kind of way lives so disconnected. It depends on what that billionaire has had to do to sure. become a billionaire. Sure. That's just not the case. Now, if you've been stuck in some place somewhere and you've been living off of somebody's trust fund, then that's a different story. That's correct. But when you've had boots on the ground and you've had to work and you've had to deal with politicians and deal with cities and deal with zoning and laws and people and every, you have a perspective 
and that's the thing that's kind of different about President Trump is that he's coming to the office and he's running it much more like a business. Yes, because he's saying, well, what works? And exactly. if that doesn't work, I'm not going to do that just because it. it's that's right. what you want me to do or think I should do. I'm just going to do what and works. And it's political, right? He's going to do what works and he's going to make those decisions. And I think uh, moving forward, our prayers are for him. Our prayers are for the task force. Our prayers are for everybody in America and people who are living under these these guys who are making these crazy decisions, crazy these decisions. governors and these mayors. My prayers for them to desire better for themselves. And when the polls open I'm and it's time you. to vote, go out and vote there those people out. Man. <laughs> now, I think Michigan's got the message. <laughs> I think it's a safe to people, say. A lot of people, though. A lot of people yeah. are protesting around yeah. the country yeah. and in I, those areas. You know. You're right. You're right. And, and hopefully that message is something we carry with us uh, forward all the way to November and, uh, and on into the future because, you know, we, we got to have quality leadership, especially in times like these. No we, we just can't. We just can't do without it. So we thank you guys for listening to us on another uh, podcast here, Culture and Convictions. Listen, we know that this has been a trying time. We know we're dealing in, in, a, in an area that we've never really been in before. And uh, there are a lot of things going on around us. But just know that God's peace is real. And his peace passes all understanding. And it will guard your heart and mind. And we are going to come out of this. The question is, what are we going to learn from it? What are we going to take with us as we emerge from this pandemic? And so until next time, God bless you guys. We'll see you on Culture and Convictions.